0: Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. God moment number nine, you are my man. This is Sean and the Word. God bless you, boy. It's so good to be with you again. Uh, We're talking about God moments, and and this God moments is be times in my life that the Lord showed up in in a mighty way. And again, not every one of these moments are at the best times in my life, but some of them are real struggles. Moments where the Lord truly steps in and makes a difference to help me and to keep me. And in this God moment, we're talking about, we're going back to August 2008 when Joel and I had went to Vietnam, as you heard in the last episode. And we met all these pastors and we visited all these churches. And it was, it really touched me, touched me and changed my life. I really saw what being sold out looked like. I, I mean, it appeared as if these believers were put to the fire and they still continue to serve God with all that was within them. It was truly inspiring to me. when When I uh, when I visited one area, it was a tribal village. There were people that was so poor that they sold cow manure for rice. Yet the fire they had for the Lord was incredible. One night we held a preaching session. It was about eleven p.m. and there was people pastors that came from all all over. They drove for a long time on their motorbikes to be there, and we were preaching at 11 p.m. at night. They were hungry for more of what the Lord had for them. They wanted God. They just wanted to be with Jesus. The next morning, we woke up real early, and we were at a church, a tribal church, at 5.30 in the morning. And I was there to preach, and it was more like a chicken coop. It wasn't a church. It was like a small chicken coop. It was a small I had to crouch down the entire time I was preaching. I was bent over preaching. And I'll never forget the place was so packed that there was they left the chicken coop door open and people were just gathered outside. It was unbelievable. When we were leaving, I'll never forget the kids were running next to the van, waving goodbye to us and thanking us for being servants of the Lord and visiting them. My goodness. I remember also going to another area that they didn't have any electricity, and it was so poor. It was about an hour and a half, two hours outside of Saigon, and it was just so poor. And we pulled up to this pastor's family, to his house and his family. Uh, they, all they did was just serve the Lord with all that is within them. They had some, some chickens and, and some goats and some different vegetables growing, but they didn't have any power. They had to go to the local store down the road to charge their phones. It was crazy. When we arrived, we were greeted by them. The entire church came out to to greet us and they brought us inside to the house, inside their house to sit on the ground in a circle and, and to wait for lunch to be served. Well, I walked around outside, you know, just looking and saying, man, this is a poor place. I've been to some poor places. This was pretty poor. And uh, as I was looking around, I'm like, man, everyone was so excited. They were waving at me and happy to see me and just just awesome, awesome time. And uh, people were over there preparing the food and just was excited to serve us. But I also saw some of these chickens running around. And these chickens had some feathers that were – it looked like they had manes. The feathers were falling off. And all I thought in my mind was, boy, I sure hope we ain't eating chicken. First time in my life I ever said, but I hope we ain't eating chicken for dinner. <laughs> But sure enough, when they had gathered us all around and and made us all sit down, it was boiled chicken and rice and some soup. And man, they just served God with all that they had. And they gave, they offered to the servants of the Lord all that they had. The joy that everyone had for us to be there and to be able to serve us was unreal. This took place throughout the country the entire time I was there. When I came back home, I was scheduled to go back to work, and at that time, I had been living in a, a renovated one-bedroom apartment in downtown Deland that I that I thought was just perfect for a single man. The first Sunday back when I came back, I, I just felt awful, living in the apartment I was living in and just merely showing up on Sundays and Wednesdays preaching and Christianity as I knew it, even though I thought our church was on fire and and had the presence of the Lord, Christianity, as I knew it here in America, it felt like it was just missing something. Like we were living out our lives how we wanted to, and giving God the little bit as though it wouldn't affect us or what we felt like we could afford to give him. You know, Israel was in a vicious cycle. They were disobeying the Lord, and they would walk in their own ways. They would live how they wanted to live. So the Lord would give them into the hands of the enemy to control them and destroy them. Then they would repent and turn back to the Lord, and the Lord would send a judge to deliver them from the hands of that enemy. Well, Midian had, had come in and been invading and ruling over Israel for about seven years because of Israel was again in one of those vicious cycles where they were living as though they didn't have a God, living as though they weren't in a relationship or in a covenant with God. The Midianites would devour anything and everything in the land. The Bible says it was like locusts. They would leave nothing for the people of Israel. The Lord heard the cry of the people of Israel, heard their repentant heart, saw the repentant heart, and came to a man in the middle of him living his normal life. In Judges chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, it says this The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then? All this has happened to us. And where are all his miracles which our father told us about? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your own strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And Gideon said unto the Lord, O oh Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. See, the Lord came to Gideon and said, You are a valiant warrior. You would deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Gideon was like, What? I'm the least of the least. My family is the least, and I'm the least of my family. There's no way. Gideon just could not understand the grace of God and the goodness of God to want him to be involved in the work of God. Let me say that again. Gideon just could not understand the grace of God and the goodness of God to want him to be involved in the work of God. The Lord was going to do a great thing in the nation, and he wanted to use Gideon to do it but Gideon just could not wrap his mind around God's willingness and desire to use him. When I came back from Vietnam, I was a pastor of this church in Deland, but totally felt like something was missing. Like God was wanting to touch all these people, especially my city, and that it would take someone special or something special. Well, that next Monday morning, I woke up early to go back to work, And as I was kneeling down beside my bed to pray before I left for work, the Lord came to me and said, you're my man. Serve me. I was like, what? The Lord was calling me from my comfort, from my normalcy. See, I'd gone to Bible college for four years, but I was still showing up and just preaching on Sundays and teaching on Wednesday nights. I wasn't really ministering. The Lord was wanting me to serve him full time. And he did not send me to Bible college to do it halfway. When he told me I was his man, I had so many many questions, so much trouble, and so many concerns. But the Lord just told me to trust him. I went to work shaken by what what had happened earlier in my prayer time. I came to my boss and I told him, I feel like the Lord's calling me to serve him full time. And I was worried. About it, I felt like I, I just need to obey him. I just I just don't know what to do. And I never forget it. Buck O'Neill. He looked at me, he's a God-loving man from Tennessee with a big, thick country accent. He said, son, you need to do what God told you to do. And you need to trust him with it. You know, the reality that God wants to do something in your generation is something we can all agree on. But the thought that by God's grace and God's goodness that he wants you and I to be involved in his work is a little overwhelming. Yes, you. You are his man. You are his woman. You are his instrument. You are his tool. You are his vessel in which he wants to reveal his son Jesus to this world. He has a great plan for your life and being used for his glory to bring salvation to your people, to your city, to your nation, to this generation is where it starts. So we must be like Mary and simply say, here I am, Lord, your servant, do what you will. We must be like Gideon and say, Lord, have your way. We must be like all the servants of the Lord that God graced with his goodness to invite them to be involved in his work and say, here I am, use me. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the hearts of men and women who are sold out to you. Lord, that stirs us, stirs us for more. And God, for the ones who have just been giving you leftovers, for the ones who have just been allotted to you, Lord, where they feel comfortable of giving you, God, I pray that you would tell them and speak to them even now that you have not led them through the wilderness. You have not delivered them and healed them for them to live comfortable lives, but for them to be involved in your work, that the greatest gift that we can have in this generation is to be your servants, that you've graced us with your goodness to invite us to do your work. And we say, here we are, Lord. We're your men. We're your women. We're your church, your body. Use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you real good. I love you. I pray that God continues to bless you all the way. And I'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.